You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 389, Mind That Trolley, we're looking at supermarket etiquette, the misery of shaving and the controversial new Gillette commercial, and football stickers, harmless fun or cynical ripoff. It's all coming up after the killers and land of the free. Can't wipe the windblown smile from across my face. It's just the old man and me. Washing his truck at the Sinclair station in the land of the free. His mother, Adeline's family, came on a ship, cut coal and planted a seed. Down in them drift mines of Pennsylvania, in the land of the free.
sparkling new single release this week with a sharp uh, video directed by Spike Lee to accompany it. Quite the commentary on current events in the United States, the killers and land of the free. Mm. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 389. I'm Terence Stackham and she's... Juliet Harris. That's me. That's that's an enjoyably straight yeah. introduction yeah, yeah. this week. It's nice to have one of those ones that is just, you know, it's just sensible rather than me being the greatest person that's ever lived, which is lovely. <laughs> well, I'm always I'm always very grateful for your uh, your wild over exaggerations, but anyway, uh, hello Terence and hello everybody. Um Joyce, as we record this, we're in the middle of January 2019, but before we are. before we let the holiday season go altogether, I just must tell you about uh, a quick story about how my friend Paul and his family had the worst Christmas lunch ever. Um, he only got to tell me about it this week, which is why I'm, I'm re- re- sort of recounting it now. But however anyone spent uh, your Christmas, I doubt it can match up to this. Paul, his wife and their two teenage children went, as they usually do, to his parents for Christmas Day. Mm. Um, his parents are in their mid-80s. So, you know, mm-hmm. and to please them, they all go to the service at the local church on Christmas morning where his parents are regular worshippers. Yeah, OK, that all makes sense. Cut a long story short, there was a stand-in vicar. Uh, in fact, he, he was a retired bishop who was filling in because there's just not enough vicars to go around these days. No, you know. absolutely. No one wants to be a vicar. So he was a super sub-vicar. He was indeed. Much to Paul and his wife and the children's, I suppose, horror, really. They heard Paul's parents invite the retired bishop, just as a sort of courtesy, chatting after the service, invited him back for Christmas lunch and expected he, you know, he would refuse. But... He accepted. Oh no! Well, that was that was a high risk strategy. Although I admire them for living in this old fashioned world where people invite random people round to their houses. We've done that with people before, but not for Christmas lunch. Well, this is what happened after what was uh, described to me as an awkward period of present opening and pre-lunch drinks. They all sat down, and uh, there was. There was apparently a few seconds of silence, and then the bishop offered to say grace. No problem there. But then, the bishop said. He had a game for them during lunch. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Games during eating? Oh, my Wait gosh. Wait for it. It was Guess the Hymn. So the bishop hummed the melody of a hymn, and everybody had to guess what it was. Oh, Ex- my. A what? I know, except nobody <laughs> other than his mum and dad had a clue. Um but the this, the bishop, he wasn't deterred. He carried on for over an hour. I wonder if this might have been why he didn't have anywhere to eat Christmas lunch. This is all beginning to build up a picture, isn't it, really? I'm sorry. It's, it bishop, sounds like but, a but, sitcom, but it's apparently totally true. It's, it was a Friday night dinner or something. This sounds crazy. In the wrong religion, I know, but this sounds crazy. I know. He's humming his hymns for an hour whilst nobody could, could guess what, what they were. And um, the, this whole horror was only brought to a conclusion when Paul's wife, the Teenage children were kind of gasping with exasperation. Um, mm. Paul's wife claimed she had a headache, and this was a, <laughs> a brilliant strategy. And it was a cue for the bishop to be driven home. So, no matter what you tolerated over Christmas, nothing I think can beat that. Oh well, that is that is. I can't quite believe that, frankly. Although Guess I the hymn. It does show a why. Well, having said this, my mum would approve of this because my mum, one of the, the, the sticks which she regularly uses to beat me with is that I don't know any hymns. So every time they occasionally have songs of praise on, as a reflex more than anything else, I think, I say, Juliet doesn't know any hymns. And it's like, <laughs> well, I used to occasionally get, you know, strong arm to church service every month with the brownies, but I don't... 
you know, they're just numbers on a board to me, or you know, songs, hymns that I know a little bit of, but not very much. But yes, I am. Um, well, what 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 do you say to that? Eh? Like I say, perhaps a lack of self awareness has <laughs> has consequences. Is all I can say about our our uh, our last minute no plans having a hymn singing bishop. <laughs> Worst Christmas ever. Now, Jules, um, mm-hmm. on another subject together, I happen to be in Morrison's supermarket this week. Wow. Not yeah, my, I am. Yeah, I don't know if you ever been to Morrison Hastings but I think it's sort of akin to the second circle of hell so it's, I don't know what your local Morrison's is it's like. not a regular venue for me I, I had to wait around for an <laughs> that's hour a, that's a polite way of putting yes, it yes I had to wait around for an hour and they have a cafe so I thought I'd mm. buy a scone and a bottle of water and read the paper for an hour um, there's a little section in the cafe where you pick up knives and forks and whatever so I picked up a knife to butter my actually delicious scone I have to say okay, it was, yeah. fair, enough. Fair, play, fair play Morrison's fair play to Morrison's and um, there was a woman there, a customer. And while I was getting my, my knife, and uh, I, I became aware of it, um, without a care in the world, she started filling a bag with paper napkins, little sachets of salt and pepper, right. uh, handfuls of HP sauce, mayonnaise. Um, really anything she could grab it went in her bag and I thought well this was unusual and a bit out of order but you know I minded my own business ate my scone and and then oh <laughs> you're, you're a hero yeah yeah you. just just carried on did the crossword you know that sort of thing on the paper but I, I pop around the store quickly because I just wanted to pick up a couple of things I think it was some bread and some pasta something like that and is it, um, is it all key insights into the life of terror it, it is it's largely irrelevant but it gets us to this point where <laughs> um I, I went to the till and in Inadvertently, this is where it all um, kicks off. off yeah. yeah, inadvertently found myself behind the same eccentric woman. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, and this is where I begin to wonder: is it is it me, or or is this? You know, it's <laughs> not in the etiquette of supermarket shopping because the lady behind the till asked, as, as men and women behind the till often do, they they, they say, you know, oh, do you need any bags, and um, for your shopping? And the eccentric lady. Um, she had a fairly full trolley and um, she said oh no I'm okay and she brought out to put her shopping in dozens and I do mean dozens uh, of the plastic bags in which multi-packs of um, bathroom tissue are provided in loo rolls as we say over here you know if you buy a pack of nine or twelve they come in a kind of plastic bag well she brought all of these out and with an odd look from the Morrison's lady the, this eccentric woman put all her shopping into a succession of loo roll bags. Now that is that is interesting. That is a, a novel new approach. I'm uh, not familiar with this. I'm just wondering if we should admire her green credentials, or is this stepping outside the norms? of supermarket behaviour. Well, I have never, ever heard this before, no, no, ever, no, frankly. No. Um, maybe she's preparing for a no-deal Brexit, is all I can <laughs> say. Maybe she is, uh, you know, well, it's not what not. Maybe she was a Wimbledon Womble in a past life. Who knows? Um, I'm not... I, yeah, I, I'm struggling to get my head around this. I'm, I'm trying to think of, of, you know, reasonable explanations. When you said she was collecting sachets and tissues and things, OK, maybe... 
Maybe she might be. Maybe she runs a food bank. Maybe she might be collecting oh, you're for very a homeless kind. shelter, something very like that. Kind, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was just. Uh, I thought it was just thievery. But there we are. Well, you know, the, 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 maybe there's a thing behind it. I mean, yeah, perhaps she is just merely. Maybe she is, like you say. Maybe maybe we can use her as, as a sort of a cipher hmm. for how just how much waste there is hmm. in society. Hmm. Does there need to be that many, you know, serviettes? What happens to the serviettes and the plastic? forks when are they replenished every so often are they thrown away for hygiene reasons i mean i do think the toilet the toilet roll bags is quote unquote a bit much it is but, a bit weird, yeah. but but may, maybe we should use her you know slightly unusual behavior to to sort of question you know sort of may, maybe there is too much waste in society i have to say i think we spoke a few weeks ago on the podcast about sort of various christmas things and i found the extravagance and waste in shops to be more depressing mm. than ever I must admit this year I don't know why because we're living in such uncertain times I think because we're living in such a, what feels like such a fragile world it does you know I, it, there does seem to be more waste than ever so mm. maybe we can use Strange Morrison's lady to think well, do we need this much rubbish in, in society <laughs> do we point. need this much plastic rubbish the favorite, my favourite thing that's mm. ever happened to me in the supermarket which mm. was around Christmas time I think if I remember correctly um, it was God bless this man, frankly. I, I don't know how old he was. I described him at the time on Facebook as a grown man. So perhaps <laughs> he was in his 20s. He was a youngish, I would say. Hmm. And I was walking, you know, it was quite late at night. And I think it might have been on a Saturday, which might explain what his um, exuberance. We were, we, I was, you know, wandering around quite quiet. I like to go to the supermarket. We've got an enormous supermarket, one of those aircraft hangar-sized Tesco. Other hmm. supermarkets are available um, in, in Hastings. Uh, Gordon Brown went to it once. That's the most famous thing about that supermarket. Hmm. And um, and so I like to go quite late at night around the big supermarket because it's quite quiet and, you know, you can sort of catch up with yourself. And I could hear a slight, I don't know, I think commotion's a bit much. Maybe clamour, maybe the next level down. Hmm. I could hear a slight clamour from, uh, from the aisle to the right of me. Um, I looked down and I was at the end of my honour. I looked around just in time to see this man sliding on his knees like a child from one end of the aisle to the other literally shouting watch this to the people that were with him including what looked to be a fairly long suffering female partner <laughs> hadn't realised I was there and with a look of horror came to a perfect stop a metre from my feet <laughs> I have to Excellent. say I clapped and he looked very embarrassed and the woman went come on Rob and then they walked off and I just thought well, God bless that man it still makes me chuckle to think about it really. yeah. so, so yes there should be more more of knee slidey man and perhaps mm. slightly less, less uh, either less of a serviette woman or less serviette I don't know well there should there should be a guide I think etiquette in supermarkets there's, there, there doesn't seem to be a consensus and I mean is it acceptable to go late night or early morning shopping in pyjamas or a onesie um, mm. I, 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 actually I can't spare it sometimes in the heat of summer some men go topless in town oh, centres and yes, it looks even worse you, in no, supermarkets yeah. I mean you can always there's a, there are a couple of pubs in Hastings one of which I cheerily refuse to go in, despite people wanting me to go in there. And um, I always say, what do you need to know about this pub? The fact that they have to have a sign outside telling men to wear their shirts oh, in the bar. Lord. That is not a pub I want to go to, and I don't care if that makes me sneery metropolitan liberal elites. I don't want to go in there. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's you know, yeah, that, 
maybe again we're talking about norms in society generally whether or not they're breaking down i don't know maybe the fact that we live in technology now means we spend less time with people in real life mm. and maybe therefore we have less of a steer of you know whether or not that is an acceptable way to behave i don't know maybe there should be some kind of pr- printed guide handed out in the supermarket a bit like debrettes or something yes. like that yes. um really say no you do wear a shirt in the supermarket. Yes, you can slide on your knees because it makes people <laughs> laugh. No, you can't take all the serviettes. Um, um, no, you can't. You can't hang around the Tempe Bakery aisle for ten days. You have to let other people have <laughs> yes. a go as well. I am. Um, I, yes. I slightly live for uh, last-minute supermarket cheap baked products. I must admit, the Waitrose counter used to have a tractor beam when I worked in in Tenterden. But um, yeah, I, maybe that does need. Maybe we need to write the Debrett's guide for the supermarket. Guidance is definitely needed on this matter for sure coming next the drudgery of shaving Uh, that's next after this splendid track chosen by Juliet from Planning to Rock back in the 80s both me and my sister got given uh, personal walkments and it was a really big thing I mean for both of us but it was especially a big thing for my sister she loved house music and listening to stations in Manchester would make her own house mixtapes from the radio and would listen to them obsessively when she could make her own cassettes and play them over and over she would dance endlessly in her bedroom dancing I, I'd be downstairs watching telly with my mum and dad I must have been about 13 yeah and I kid you not it the whole house would be shaking but it's not a big house and especially banging was the living room door and my dad would sit there and he he would he tried to be as patient as he could but there'd be a point where he'd look over at my mum and he'd be like Janet I gotta go up and say something Mum would look at him and she'd be like, don't you say a word. Love 
she lets some criticism, but I think that Lauren Laverne or Six Music has really good ears. She always picks up things that I find very interesting. Uh, this is by a person who goes by the, uh, the the recording name Planning to Rock, all one word, all lowercase. I know I'm irritated too, but I do really like that tune. Um, they wrote it about their sister, um, who is apparently disabled, and uh, according to this, uh, loves dancing and loves house music. And I, I just love this. I think it's it's almost like a gentler version of the early street songs really I, I love the music to it and i just think it's it's so arresting the first time i heard it i think i stopped where i was driving because i had to hear how it ended really it's it's a, i think it's a wonderful song i really like it it's an unusual track which makes it stand out and it's quite the earworm um planning to rock that, that was, was new to me i have to say but i really like this very good track yeah and it's called beulah loves dancing if you want to look it up excellent now now um jules I'm sorry to tell you this, but being a woman, you simply won't know of the horror that non-bearded men go through every day, and that is the misery of shaving. That's true. Uh, but speaking as someone whose who's father has been extravagantly bearded since my birth, mm. so uh, my mum did once say, oh, if your dad ever shaved his beard off, I'd have to leave him because he oh. wouldn't be the same person. I did notice my dad looking slightly wistful for a minute, <laughs> but it never actually happened, although I can point out... Ladies do have other parts that we occasionally need to shave, but not on a daily basis. Oh, not on a daily basis. Honestly, you women have it easy in life. Really, you do. Um, no, I mean, it gives us more time to make your dinner, I suppose. <laughs> there is Pop. that. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, you can't see me eye-rolling at you down the mic, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, it is so tedious having to put 20 uh, minutes or so aside every morning to scrape a blade across <laughs> your face to remove the overnight growth of hair. I, I've, I've tried, um, oh, how I've tried, uh, to, to go for the unshaven, rugged look. But unfortunately, in my case, instead of looking like David Beckham, I look like a man who's down on his luck and has just emerged after spending several nights sleeping in a hedge. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's now, it seems more and more companies are willing to take on a new approach to advertising. Nike recently built a campaign around the American football quarterback, Colin mm. Kaepernick. Um, he's the man that knelt during the national anthem uh, a year or so ago. And this week, Gillette launched their The, Mes- the Best Men Can Be advertising campaign with a commercial that directly challenges the macho boys-will-be-boys behaviour that has flourished over centuries. Uh, The advertisement is seeking to endorse a a new style of masculinity that's thoughtful, Mm. non-combative and respectful to women. Yet there's been a considerable backlash, indeed, on YouTube, where the commercial can be seen in full. There are more than double the number of thumbs down than positive reactions, though I don't know if that's just Piers Morgan hitting the thumbs down button for hours <laughs> at a time. Do those protesting against Gillette, do they have a point, Jules? Let men be men. How how can I put this? I think that uh, that Gillette, by doing this advert, the reaction has proved the need for it, I think. Mm. Or to put it even more bluntly, they are upsetting the right people, I mm. think. Um so I love I think the thing that I think is so clever the best men can be is that it's actually a kind of a play on their earlier slogan which is the best a man can get and Mm. I think that's really nice I love the idea that rather than concentrating on what you can get you know what what you can get out of the world what you can get out of a shave it's what you can give back and what you can be and I think that's really lovely I I think that's incredibly clever it reminds me of just interestingly uh, uh, John O'Farrell the uh, Mm. the, the comedy writer wrote a novel years ago called The Best I think it was called The Best a Man Can Get and it was it's a rather curious novel but it stuck with me about, um, about a man who ends up having a double life 
Um, he writes music for commercials um, and ends up having this sort of weird double life and it all goes wrong but at the end of the book when things start to be resolved a bit they um, they he talks about how he never really un- he thinks he misunderstood the meaning of the best a man can get and he thought the best a man can get can mean uh, meant, you know the best that you could get for yourself the best things you could acquire the best the best you, that you could experience and actually the best a man can get is how good can you get how how can you be so i think that's really nice that john o'farrell tipped Gillette about that about 20 years ago when he wrote mm. that book but uh, to me I feel like they've offended the right people I feel like they've demonstrated the need for it and actually I really admire Gillette I really admire them for responding to the Me Too movement which this seems to be who would have thought that major global corporations would and could respond to that and yet they have and I, I think that's that's the kind of world that I want to live in—a world which is thoughtful, a world which, a world which asks, you know, which which works with men, because that's what it's doing. There are lots of, you know, I always find it funny that people that complain about snowflakes are often the most offendable and snowflakey when it comes down to it, and uh, and perhaps the wettest, because that's what snowflakes are, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, but they. I, th- I think you know Gillette are working with men that that want to be worked with. I I hope it does inspire. I hope it does inspire young men. I hope it. I hope it does make people think. And the fact that people responded so badly to it makes me think. Well, it is needed then, isn't it? If everybody had embraced it, you'd think, oh, that's good. And then you'd just move on from it. It wouldn't have any power. But I hope that its power will come from the fact that some people have just been so, just so idiotic mm. about it, really. I wonder whether the management at Gillette. I'm being cynical now, or rather, yes, proxy- and there is, there is, a, there is. Yeah, you can of course be cynical on this because it went incredibly viral, incredibly quickly. Yeah, it? Procter and Gamble are the sort of holding. They own the brand, the holding company, whatever. I mean, whether, whether they actually do care, or if it's a case of any publicity is good publicity. In some ways, it could be sort of not dangerous, but bad for them because if enough Stone Age men boycott their products, then I wonder how much support they'll get from their shareholders well, uh, once the profit starts to be interesting mm. to see and, and also to some extent as well my cynicism comes in the fact that you know whatever their marketing department are being paid it wasn't quite enough did they know it was going to go that viral did they mean mm. it to go that viral I don't know but anyway it's uh, it's no like mm. you said be interesting to see how this plays out yeah I, I'm never entirely convinced that companies do have their hearts in the right place when they take on hot social or political issues but like, like you say let's hope it is a positive step in men regarding masculinity in a, in a more kindly, non-threatening, less sort yeah, of primary agreed. way. Yeah. And they could very easily have not done it. Yeah, absolutely, yes. I, 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 I'll go with the positive on it. Um, next, the scandal rocking the world of Petonk. And, and all the big sports news <laughs> coming up on the Parish Council. And football stickers ahoy as well. Mm. Uh, right after, brought to our attention by listener David Wright, this is Louis Cole.
As I mentioned, a lovely track uh, that was was brought to our ears by uh, a listener, David Wright. Mm. Uh, the most recent single from the Los Angeles musician Louis Cole, taken from the 2018 album Time. That that was uh, Louis Cole and Things. I like that very much. I wasn't mm. familiar with that, and I, 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 I enjoyed it. So thank you very much, Mr yeah, David Wright. Exactly. Now, we get used to the news that uh, cyclists in the Tour de France or athletes at the Olympics have been caught taking performance-enhancing drugs. But, Jules, mm. you have a story that is taking the more genteel game of petanque by storm. Indeed. Is nothing sacred? Yes, we <laughs> like to bring you all the up-to-date sports news here on the uh, on the Parish Council. Here I am at the front line of sportsing, bringing you back the greatest <laughs> sports news. Um, the excellent... Uh, this was a, a Guardian article uh, from their man in Brussels. Um, and I love the fact that the, the headline has got one of those quotes and then the story's explanation. So the explanation is, Patonk rocked by drugs allegations. <laughs> and the quote is, they come back with big eyes. Wow. <laughs> So, so the sleepy word of Petonk has been rocked by claims that Belgian players are turning to stronger stimulants than shots of pastis and drags of jetons cigarettes when bowling on the international stage. Um, so 
basically, if for people that don't know what Patonk is or think, oh, I know the name, but I don't quite know what that means, it's that thing where um, elderly men in flat caps stand. <laughs> it's the thing with the metal. It's a bit like ball, really, mm. with metal balls, where there's sort of a kind of a sand pit that you stand in. Uh, it, brilliantly, my dad and I played this in a pub in Suffolk once, which is not the place you would expect to play Patonk. Or no. Ball. But mm. anyway, um, and, and, and you sort of have to, I don't really know. There was be chatting about a bit, basically. Basically, it's not a high-impact sport, can I put it. Some would argue it's not even a sport. It's perhaps a game. Mm. But um, it's basically played by elderly men in flat caps and string vests on the continent. That's basically what Patonk is. Um, and it's on squares and summer campsites. Um, and apparently, um, I know enough Belgian players who use coke, said Edward Vink. Of course, he's called Edward Vink. 46, <laughs> a top Dutch player speaking to the Vice Sports website. I love the fact that Vice have got hold of this. Although I suspect, you know, the clue's in the name, isn't it, really? They go to the toilet and they do not throw a wrong ball when they come back. They really feel like the king. Um, I experienced it once. Keys Kuji, 27, told the website, we were far ahead and had played flawlessly. Then they went to the bathroom for 10 minutes and came back with huge eyes. Everything went well for them. I love how people play things with a straight bat. Either that or perhaps the translation is a bit prosaic. I'm not sure. Apparently, um, the, the fun players smoke dope, apparently, but the professional players um, take cocaine. Um the, le- the claims were rejected by a leading Belgian bowler, Stefan Kaus, a Flemish champion. Um, he said, we know Vinke and Kuji. Everyone who plays Patonk at a high level knows each other. Oh, the crazy world of Patonk, where, the- where everyone knows your name, like cheers. There are good players and good guys. Yes, there are those who drink a, beer du- a good beer during the tournament, and occasionally you smell the smell of a joint. But they make it appear as if every Belgian Patonk player is sniffing coke. That is not true. Um, apparently mm. it's... Um, uh, but apparently, uh, you know, or joking aside, hmm. one of the people said, we know that the image that lay people have Patonk, an elderly sport for camping or on the beach with plastic balls. But after years driving through Belgium and France from championship to championship, you get a completely different picture of the sport. Um, it is played at a very high level. And anyone who says top-level sports says doping. It's true. Doping is also happening in our world. They are trying, interestingly, to make Patonk an Olympic sport in 2024. <laughs> um, hmm. I did not know that. That was my biggest takeaway from that article, I think. Hmm. So, um, so, who new uh, isn't it a shame isn't it sad that even the most genteel of sports it just goes so whenever you bring competition and inevitably unsuspects money-based prizes into any kind of sport people that want to be the best sport somehow inevitably always try to enhance their performance by nefarious means i am sad at the thought of although hilariously if you were going to spend money on cocaine would you really use it to play Patonk? I, I worry about some people. It, it does give rise to concern and make you wonder where it will all end. I mean, world Scrabble championships with players suddenly finding improbable oh, triple-letter scores whilst yes. high on crack. I mean, I have to be honest. So I would not wish my dad to become a drug taker at all, mm. but he takes many hours to play at Scrabble, and I cannot help but feel that cocaine would not so much enhance my dad's performance at, Scra- at Scrabble as everyone else's experience of Scrabble, because then it would be over in about a tenth of the time, I suspect. Yeah, competitors in international conquer events suddenly pounding their opponents' conquers with superhuman strength due to having just snorted an ounce of spice. You know, there's, oh, yes. there's a lot of concerns <laughs> you, here. To be fair, you wouldn't be moving if you'd just, if you'd just <laughs> taken spice. You'd probably be asleep on the floor. But um, mm-hmm. I, uh, there was always rumours there was a, a conquer champion. I wasn't, it was at another school. Isn't it funny how rumours are always at mm. another school? You wouldn't know him. He's at another school. <laughs> yes. um, we, uh, we, we were told <laughs> once of, of, of outrage at another school during conquer season when someone had an unbeatable conquer 
that seemed to be beating everybody like by millions of miles and no one could understand it was unbeatable and unfortunately an eventual stewards inquiry revealed it to be a lump of cement <laughs> <laughs> so it just goes to show that there are nine year olds will believe anything as well so so uh, this was of course an apocryphal tale I'm not sure if that is true or not but uh, yeah it just goes to show any any uh, any sport seems to attract nefarious wrongdoings. Isn't that sad? Wouldn't it just be nice if we could just all play ball on campsites and in pub gardens in Suffolk together forever? Well, perhaps a slightly more homely aspect to sport is, uh, it seems, and I think you've told us before you're a regular participant in this, um, it's the, the collection of football stickers where you oh, yes. buy an album and then buy and barter stickers to fill the album with your Premier League favourites. And you're, you're away again in 2019 with your Merlin stickers album. I am, yes, I am, regretfully. But uh, but no, I am. Um, so, so I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine the other day mm. who um, she summed it up perfectly because I was talking about this football sticker thing with her because she was texting me to find out how things were going because she lives in London now. We don't see each other very much. We were checking in. And she summed up how I think a lot of people feel about it. She said, I really don't understand football things. I understand the game itself, but not all the things that go with it. Mm. I wish I did more, to be honest. I love the idea that football has this whole kind of and we've complained previously about the circus that goes with football Mm. and all of the culture that goes with football as well and all the different aspects of it but I have to say I do love the fact that um, football stickers are one of my favourite bits of ephemeria Um, so I was a big collector in the 90s and in fact very recently dug out my old my old albums that had all the all the stickers in them and uh, my my girlfriend's son is collecting them this year and I, it, it, you know to try and make myself look good in that like I was making an effort you know I've bought my own album and we're, and we're buying stickers oh, together everyone, everyone has pointed out that I am of course loving every, loving every minute of it because mm. I because I secretly want to have a second or perhaps as my mum put it a sixth childhood mm. she obviously doesn't feel very highly about <laughs> how in my life about, about how about, about sort of great to live again and, and I love football stickers I love the completism of it i love the fact that they are numbered from one to i think there's 339 in this book and hmm. um, but I, i'm you know I, I the problem is is that i don't and i really you know I, i'm sorry for for those of us that are enjoying it at the moment but of course me me and my girlfriend had the inevitable well of course it wasn't like that in our day type conversation hmm. in which i've 110 so so I, my sort of 92 90, no 93 94 that was the first one annual um had enormous amounts of stats in it and lots of players like lots of players i think there were there were maybe 15 to 18 on each page there was certainly more than 11 if i remember correctly there were lots and they had all of their previous clubs the previous five hmm. seasons figures and they were written in very small letters underneath and it was it was quite a weighty thing because it had various kits in the middle and stats pages and all kinds of things and it was a huge huge book and it was really good um I have to say this year's is pretty flimsy, Terence. Mm. It doesn't have any... It has the previous season... Well, no, it it doesn't even have the previous season statistics in it. This was released, as is traditional, halfway through the season. So they're usually released at the turn of the calendar year rather Mm. than the turn season there are only 11 players for each team i think and one star player who is often a different there is so it's curious it's got a, a large we can't work this out so when each team has a two-page kind of spread mm. and on the left-hand page there is a large quite a good sort of cartoon pencil type drawing of a player 
which we thought was a, ren- a rendering of the star player sticker that you stick underneath mm. it. And it is sometimes the same player and sometimes isn't. And we mm. don't know what the logic is here. So if anybody is employed by Merlin, can you please write to us to let us know? Because we would like that to be resolved. Maybe we'll have to Google it. I don't know. But they're, they're, the statistics for each player underneath, which are you know, nowhere near what they used to be, I start at the bit, they tell you the season so far. And it's like, I don't want to know the season so far. Yeah, tell, me, tell me what happened last year. The pages are thin. I ripped one of my pages. I was accused of being overexcited. I wasn't at all. I, mm. uh, I did, uh, yeah, frowning emoji. I just, I just turned the page over and part of it tore. Oh, and it's, it's, yeah. They're, they're, well, and, mm. and also, here's inflation for you, Terence. Mm. So, when I used to buy stickers in the 90s, those heady days of the 90s, there were six in a packet. And you think, okay, fine, that makes sense. Six in a packet. And... I think they started off possibly as 25 pence when I first used to buy them. And my mum and I were trying to remember how much they went up to. I think they went up to 35p for six. My mum thinks they went up, might have gone up to 50p, but I'm not sure that's right. But anyway, working on the basis that 35 pence for six. Now, a packet of 10 is a pound. It's, it's, it's a disgrace. So, so if you were if you were to imply inflation to that, and mm. you know if you think that in in the olden days if, to, to make it easy, you would get twenty four stickers for a pound, and now you get mm. ten. I, so, I, I want to throw a cut a bucket of ice cold freezing water over this whole thing. I'm okay, sorry to be. Although, although although I will come mm. back at you with my mum's lifelong defence of football stickers. Okay, no, that's fine. But rather like so many sports related stories, especially football, like the mascots business we discussed the week oh, or so yes, back. Yes, we'll there's a Tawdry profit at the expense of young people element to all of this. Now you get ten stickers for a pound, you say, and um, I checked there are three hundred and ten to collect. So even if you never got one duplicate in your pack of ten, which is almost Im- impossible, you end up spending a minimum, a bare minimum of thirty-one pounds just to fill this flimsy, as you say, easily torn forty-eight oh, yes, page right. album. And I'm not a rough person. I'm no, quite calm. Exactly. Uh, there's it's just nothing other than a disgrace. It reminds me of those adverts you used to get to at uh, the turn of a year to build a replica of the Titanic oh, or yes. something with, with a, a new part each week, except they didn't tell you the magazine was five quid a week and it came in 120 instalments, so you'd end up spending £600 on something worth £20. And I mean, it's the same thing here. The Premier League should be ashamed of themselves for yet again linking up, because it's the official Premier League sticker album, linking up with a scheme that will lead to generally parents forking out £31 for an album that has a value of what under a fiver a quid and it's absolutely disgraceful well I mean yes you say this and and I I think that I I I dislike how it's become such a rip-off but the actual idea of it at heart I think is lovely and that's Mm. I think why we're so angry about it because it has become such a rip-off um so my mum was always a big defender Mm. of football stickers or rather she didn't um she said it was one of her true revelations as a parent that she never she I asked to have football stickers and she said no she wouldn't let me have them Mm. and so I begged a swap off a friend of mine who very kindly it was a nice boy very kindly gave me a swap it would have been about eight I think (laughs) and then had a whale of a time all afternoon swapping this football stick around the whole playground and I told my mum about it and she said tell me how it works and I said well you know you all you know you negotiate swaps and someone will go through their pile all together now got got need got need and you would and you would then work out what you didn't have and you would try and swap and my mum the next day, went and bought me the album of oh, my stickers. And dear said, old Mrs. Harris. I said, yeah, she is. She's a, she's a dame, isn't she? Yes, she she is. said, 
I think it's important for you to do this. Mm. And I said, okay, thinking, oh, I, yeah, I just wanted the album, but fine. And she, and she said, well, I think it's really important because it encourages you to negotiate with people and to socialise with people. Mm-hmm. And she didn't feel I did enough of that at that point. Mm. And that's true because I was a little nerd, in fairness. And also she guessed that I would very much enjoy collecting something in number order because it very much appeals mm. to my nerdy side. And she thinks she always thought that letting kids swap stickers was really important because it taught people the art of negotiation and compromise i wonder if our current politicians swapped football stickers when they were younger i suspect some of them didn't frankly um and she was always a defender of having them in playgrounds and there would be some teachers because she taught in a school and there were some teachers one tore up someone's football sticker once and she accused them of criminal damage which is true it was mm. someone else's property that they destroyed mm. it was wrong and and she said that it encouraged that she felt that it encouraged people to work together and that she felt people got well, ironically given that they were trying to do deals they actually got on better mm. I think there's a parallel with our political age Terence and <laughs> interestingly now I am informed this is part part of the reason i mean admittedly i'm collecting football stickers because i want to let's face it i've made the you know i've tried to make myself look like a virtuous person but i'm doing it because <laughs> i really want to but i said have you done these swaps and and my girlfriend said well they don't allow it in schools anymore oh, I went, no. what and she went if you've done a swap it's basically because you've done it under the teacher's nose she said most of the swaps now are done by the parents at school gates oh, and Lord. funnily enough one of my nice colleagues who works in another office put on facebook over christmas is anyone collecting football uh, premier league stickers because my son would be very interested if so and i then wrote to him and said yes we are and so now we are using our work internal mail to send each other football stickers so <laughs> or we will be once we get it up and running which is is how it should be but isn't it stupid mm. how that is because i just i just think yeah I, I i agree with you that it is too expensive and that it is a shame that the premier that it has gone this way when you compare them to previous albums it's a shame that it's gone the way of everything and that you get less and less for more and more but uh, the other way around mm. you know more rather than the other way around which seems to be our public services at the moment our private services are you pay less and less you pay more and more and you get less and less mm. and and I, I, yes, I object to that aspect of it. But actually, I think that there is an argument that, that you know, encouraging children to play with each other, not on screens, can I point out, mm. you know, in real life with with hard copy things that you then have to sit and take the time to go through. I found a slight zen in it, I must admit, mm. when you've got a big pile and you go through and you stick them all in. Um, you know, there is, there is a great... And also, I would point out as well, I've so far consumed six packets of 10 football stickers and I've not had one swap. Fair enough. You see, you've got a reasonably flexible income to to, the degree of 30 quid. But if somebody's um, on benefits or struggling to make ends meet and their child is... And maybe that's mm, why schools don't have it. I don't mm. know. But it's it's a shame. If they were 10 stickers for 20p and the whole thing costs less than a fiver... Well, I don't don't feel that is realistic. But yes, Mm. I do take your point. Perhaps there's a halfway house on this, Terence. I mean, it is is a... Yeah, as always, we're finding... The, uh, we're finding the jam in the middle of the sandwich here on the parish council. Jules, when you're not putting stickers of Paul Pogba on page 24 <laughs> of your sticker album... I haven't got him yet. If anyone's got him, do send him to me. <laughs> Where might we find you this week? Um, well, you can find me at the Printworks on Thursday, Ooh. the 24th of January in Hastings. We are we did an event like this last year. We are celebrating uh, the life of Marky e. Smith from the fall. And we did this as a a commemorative Mm. memorial event last year, and we enjoyed it so much we've done it again. So there's basically 
about a dozen DJs doing 15 to 20 minute sets of entirely Fall and Fall related tracks. So if you do really like the Fall, then come down. If you're not keen on them, it might not be the evening for you. <laughs> but but we're looking forward to doing that. I Well, I have a ticket. I'm meant to be going to see Focus and, uh, and the oh, Hair and the yes. Hoof at the Lewis Constitutional Club, I know, on Friday. But I now have to be away next weekend, so I'm not sure. So if anyone wants to buy a ticket for Focus, get in touch. This is sort of the, a Gumtree-style podcast this week. <laughs> yes, it certainly is. Uh, thanks to you for listening. Yeah, and you as well. And thanks to executive producers Rona and Hilly. As always. And you've chosen to play us out one of my favourite tracks of all time. I was delighted to hear this, but not surprised because you're a man of taste. Indeed, after all, I mean, you, yeah. ha- you hang out with me for yeah, one well, thing. But, um, but yeah, I um, again the good ears of Lauren Laverne. She played this mm. on the way to on on the way to to uh, work the other day, and I have to say, I was looking forward to this and uh, her breakfast show. I'm very much enjoying. I oh, feel I can be open about this now. I was not a fan of the previous incumbent mm. who seemed to be compelled to not introduce or back announce tracks after a track was finished. She would go. Or make some stupid noise, and I found him irksome oh and, and self-satisfied mm. to listen to. Lauren Laverne, people, people go, "Oh, she's bland." No, she's not bland. She plays really good music. She she tells you about the music. You know about it once she's told you, and she also does brilliant listener content where lots of people write in and. She is a fantastic broadcaster with really interesting ears, and she plays such diverse music as well. For a sort of white middle-class broadcaster, she she's a bit like Giles Peterson, in that, and she plays a lot of stuff that wouldn't be out of place on Giles Peterson. And I think I first heard this record on Giles Peterson's excellent afternoon show on Six Music. And I I love Rotary Connection anyway, but I I just think this has got such a it, it, it's the, the it's, so, it, it's not long yet it goes it's not long long I mean it's not short but it's not extremely long but it goes to so many places it's such a, a sort of a journey track without saying enough I'm in Seed's Corner again and I, I just really like it I just think it's got such a lovely vibe and I think Lauren Laverne said herself we could do with this level of optimism and kind of forward thinking and positivity at the moment and I think that is and, and sort of hope and I you know I, I, I hope we can cling to this over the next few difficult weeks here in Britain and uh, and see if we can. Well, I'd like to use this to inspire myself anyway. And also, you told me the story, Terence, of the fact that they hoiked the the receptionist out to sing on it, who happened to be Minnie Rabbit. Indeed, <laughs> yes. And also, uh, another fact about Road to Connection is mm. they would have been far far more popular had their management not turned down the opportunity for the for them to appear at Woodstock. They oh, went for and, goodness yeah, sake. They went off and played a gig in Canada instead, oh, thinking oh, that Woodstock so wasn't annoying. for them. Mm. Oh, for goodness sake! They'd have smashed that. It mm. would have been brilliant. Um, so this is a, and also it's an incredibly in, ornate song title so I can never quite get it right mm. but I've actually got it written down this week mm. so I can say this is Rotary Connection and this is I Am The Black Gold Of The Sun
You have been listening to a DACA Media Production.